You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Whoops, you've tuned in to Nerd Overload again, the pop and geek culture show where we discuss pop and geek culture for a whole hour. I'm Cody. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And I'm Samantha. We have a great show for you this week. Thank you all for tuning in. A bunch of news to go over, but first let's get into some things we've been checking out. Other than Zelda. Oh, other, other than yeah. Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've all been playing Zelda. We've talked about that a lot yeah. the last couple weeks. We're going to have to put a hold on all Zelda talk Yeah. from here on out. I'm very close to being done. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> we watched Train to Busan last night. Ah. It's a, a Korean <laughs> zombie movie. Uh, Set on a train. Yeah, zombies on a train. <laughs> oh, right on. It was really good. Oh, it was shot really, really well. Yeah. The blocking was really, really good, I think. The zom- the way the zombies moved was really cool. They were fast zombies. Oh, okay, Ooh. that's good. Yeah. No, no. I hate fast zombies. I used to feel that way, but after all the Walking Dead and all the constant slow zombies we've had lately, this was actually refreshing. It depends on the setting. It, it really depends on, on the kind of setting and the kind of film you want to tell. In some cases, I think fast zombies are preferred, but usually I tend towards the, the slower ones. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. that's the way I felt, but in this movie, it really works. I mean, they're they're really rabid and nasty and fast. Nice. It's got a really kind of heart-wrenching plot at some points because it's, it's a dad and his daughter, and he's trying to take her to go visit her mom, mm. his, his ex-wife, and... That's when it it breaks out on the train, and I don't know, I don't want to spoil it, cause, but there's a scene toward the end that it just absolutely wrecks you. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Now where where would this be found? Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Just got added. Yep. Watch it. Yeah, I'd been mean, meaning to watch it for a while, and then it showed up on Netflix. And I'm like, oh well, you know, now's a good time. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Now that's on Netflix, but uh, yeah, it's it's really good. It makes Walking Dead look dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that would not take much yeah. these days. I'm I am not a big fan of that show anymore. I yeah, I kinda it wore thin. It's I think it's over, way overrated too. It's in a world of uh, premium TV shows that are extra, you know, really good, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't stand up next to like your breaking bads and your mad men. It's too schlocky and dumb. I think that's why people like it though. But it tries to act like it's not. That's true. It's not self-aware at all, mm-hmm. and it, I, it, I'm just I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think it started really running into problems once it the show ran past the um the comic, uh, storylines. Once they had to kind of come up on their with their own stuff, is when it really got kind of schlocky and <laughs> not very good. Well, then it zipped back around and started picking up comic storylines again. But by then it was too late. They yeah. made too many changes. Well, my thing was like, yeah. I'm just tired of the whole zombie genre. As well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the the saturation point is like, yeah. But it was interesting to see another culture's take on the yeah. zombie thing too. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why I like. Does um, it still hit like a lot of the same beats as like a typical zombie movie? Not more like a classic is how I would word it, but it's still I don't. It was different enough where it was really interesting. I think that's why I like the movie uh, Let the Right One In. Oh, yeah. It's a Swedish uh, vampire film set in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Super good movie. The American remake, Let Me In, is not bad either, but I really enjoyed the original. We also tried to watch Yoga Hosers and had to drop out about 10 minutes in because I 
it was bad. You couldn't do it? it was, yeah, I could not do it. <laughs> couldn't I, stomach it, huh? I normally like Kevin Smith, but this was this was the dialogue was so bad. Yeah. And that's what he's normally good at. I don't know what happened. Well, weed. <laughs> weed happened. Yeah, but weed's always been a factor in him. Not for those early no. ones. Not yeah. really. It's really been since Red State. Mm. Which post- Red State was a good movie. Red State was a good movie. Well, it was post-Red State oh. is when he really kind of got into that whole culture, like yeah. super, super heavy. And yeah, it's just kind of been kind of downhill. The The beginning was like Scott Pilgrim that sucks. Yeah. Because they would do those character introduction cutaway things. And it was, it was bad. It had very much like the Life is Strange style, like this is what how teens talk. How do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yeah. But then he's also writing the, that dialogue to come out of his daughter's mouth, which is weird. Like, Yeah. I. It, yeah. It was cringe. The whole thing was a huge cringe fest. For the 10 minutes that you watched it. For the it. 10 minutes that I watched, yeah. I've heard once Johnny Depp shows up as the French police, like, captain or chief or what, detective or whatever, it gets it gets good Oh, yeah, I can point. see that, yeah. But up until then, it's, it's like, just near unwatchable. Yeah, maybe we should go back and try to stick it out till Guy Lapointe shows up. <laughs> it makes me worried about Moose Jaws. Yeah. Because that's the third in this the uh, True Canadian North. True North trilogy or whatever he's calling it. Like none of the jokes in that beginning hit. Not a single one. And there was a lot of, it's funny because they're Canadian. Yeah. He said bag of milk because their milk comes in bags. Like, ugh. Like there's a couple jokes like that in Tusk, but it wasn't as bad. Yeah. This, they were laying it on extra thick. I think it was that Tusk wasn't comedy it had comedy bits but it wasn't a full-blown it was a horror movie first yeah whereas yoga hosers is it's a comedy supposedly supposedly <laughs> in theory it's alleged a comedy comedy <laughs> alleged 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 comedy film yoga hosers <laughs> <laughs> it's not what i didn't want to like it like i wanted to like it oh i'm always rooting for kevin smith yeah but no i'm like i'm out I, I train to Busan. Yeah, yeah. I tapped out and switched it to train to Busan, and it was a good choice. Yeah, you made the you made the right decision there for sure. Well, if we're talking about movies, I uh, actually got a chance to go out to the theaters the other day and uh, saw the new Beauty and the Beast. Actually, I had to do it for work, but I was going to see it one way or the other. It was just kind of an, a good excuse to go see it. I've always been a Disney animated kid growing up. I, think I we loved, all were. I th- yeah. yeah, I think we all are. I think everyone in our generation really was. Um, when I was a kid, Aladdin was always my favorite, but looking back on it, I think Beauty and the Beast was probably one of their best. It was definitely, it hit a lot of, um, at the time, like, uh, technical, like, accolades and things like that. Yeah, and I just think the story was as, was as well, probably the most well-balanced. As old as time. It is as old as time, that's right. (laughs) So anyway, so this, so they made this live action and. Like they've been doing. Yeah, and it is. Exactly the animated movie, but longer and not as good. It hits every single point, one right after the other, of the exact same as the animated film. It's it doesn't. It's hard to explain. It's it's the exact same movie, but it's not. They've added a couple extra scenes that are completely unneeded. They added a subplot about Belle's mom, 
That's weird. Yeah, that culminates with Belle and the Beast taking a magic book that lets them transport to anywhere to the house that Belle was born in to find out what happened to her mom. And, oh, surprise, it was the plague. <laughs> and that's where that plot line ends. Okay. The end there. I feel like that would just been a story that her dad would have told her. Yeah, and like, um, well, no, there, no, it was a whole running thing in the first uh, third of the movie where uh, um, um, Maurice doesn't talk about Belle's mom at all, and Belle just wants to, she has to know, and it's like, I feel like a magic book that takes you anywhere can probably be a huge plot hole machine. Yeah, and they only used it; they only reference it once, and never <laughs> comes back. Ugh. Hey, um, run away from Gaston and the angry mob. Let's use our magic book that'll teleport take book. Yeah, yeah. No, it a just port key. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> uh, they added a couple extra songs, and they were written by um, um, was it Andrew Rice? I, I think don't, I don't remember. I, th- I think it's, it's either yeah. I think it's Andrew Rice, the guy who did the original songs. Uh, they're not as good. It's just, and I know I know why they padded it out. They need. They wanted it to hit a two-hour mark. That's all it is, because the original animated movie was about an hour and a half, which most anime movies are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty light on plot anyway. Yeah, but <laughs> it hits. It hit every mark, one right after the other, just like the animated movie. Um, they the couple of changes that they made. They uh, Maurice uh, Bell's dad was a painter instead of a inventor. A inventor. Bell was the inventor. She invents the washing machine so that she could read books. <laughs> The she's the Violet Baudelaire now. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Um, I don't know. I th- the the cast did all right. There were a couple actors that just seemed like Emma Watson seemed like she was kind of phoning it in a little bit. She she just she looked bored to be on screen every, at any point. Every picture I've seen, every still from the movie, she looks kind of bored. <laughs> yeah, she's she just looks bored to be there. Um, she's was auto tuned. To the point that I could notice it, and that's something I don't usually <laughs> notice when I when I see movies. But you could tell that she was must have been just horribly off key uh, during those songs, um, which is a shame because she is the lead and has the most songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the CG on the Beast looks good. He looks like the animated Beast, like exactly like the animated Beast. I think that's I think that's oh, my I, biggest I, problem I, is that I it's, thought he looked a little small. He was about seven foot. Hmm. All told, he hunched over a lot to make him match. Basically, they made him a huge beast, but he was always hunched over so that his head would reach about the the height that the actor playing him, yeah, that was mocapping <laughs> him, would be. So it kind of eh. the movie does this thing that kind of drives me nuts in in most movies. Beauty and the Beast is Fr- is a French story. It's set in France. They mention France. They go to Paris at one point. Everyone's British. <laughs> everyone's British except Lumiere and n- it's not even a good British because Ewan McGregor you mean can't... French yeah that's yeah, you what... said British I said British I meant French <laughs> it's Ewan McGregor's British can't do a French accent to save his life <laughs> again he's Lumiere he's the one he has the big you know be our guest and all this <laughs> stuff and it's it's not good uh Gandalf the clock yeah <laughs> and he sounded he just sounded like tired. <laughs> he sounded tired. He just sounded like they rolled him in for one day. He didn't have a whole lot. He really didn't have a whole lot to do. Um they added a couple extra uh talking uh inanimate objects to the the cast. Uh Stanley Tucci is a talking piano and the scenes where he's a human, he's Tucciing it up in the background like smiling and doing and then this and it's unneeded. 
it's just unneeded. On the flip side, Gaston steals the show. (laughs) (laughs) You love to hate him. He's, and he's just so, you know, overblown and pompous and everything. And he really just kind of, yeah, it kind of steals the show. Him and LeFou and uh, Josh Gad. When they said they were adding a gay character, I thought maybe it would be Gaston. No, it's LeFou. Yeah, it would be funnier if it was, and better if it was Gaston. It it probably would have been he, it would have played for laughs a little better. He always struck me as somebody who he just wanted to be with Belle because he was felt like he was supposed to. Yeah. Like no, he the and even the the foo thing they don't outright say anything. It could still be read as super best friend, cool buddy, uh, just a little effeminate. I heard he just dances with a dude and at the very end. It, yeah, and the last it's like one of the last shots there in a ballroom dancing after everyone's changed back and they're switching partners. And all of a sudden you have LeFou start dancing with a dude that previously in a previous scene, how do I set it up in a previous scene during the big fight scene with the, the animated objects versus the townspeople, there was a dresser that uh, wraps up three of the guys in, in uh, uh, women's clothing. And Oh my God, they're so embarrassed because they're wearing women's clothing oh, oh, except, no. except for one of them who thinks he looks very pretty Oh, and like kind of minces away and the dance scene at the end LeFou starts dancing with, with the guy, guy with that guy that's... and then it cuts that's kind of it and it's kind of it's really on the nose and it's really kind of yeah uh, it's like borderline offensive a, l- a little if, if it wasn't play if it wasn't so light on the story it would all it would be offensive but it's just kind of it just kind of left a bad taste in the mouth a little bit I think when I heard it was LeFou yeah. I thought they would just have him end up happy with somebody at the happy with another guy at the end that wasn't guests on somebody who would appreciate him and for the, who he is. And the implication is maybe this dress dude was one, but they didn't, they don't, they don't, they don't follow through. They don't say anything. It's just kind of, eh. well, they sure were patting themselves on the back about it. Though. Oh, they sure were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're going to do that, do a good job. Yeah. Follow through. <laughs> yeah. CG looks good. I don't know. The teapot I, looked like a nightmare. It, it, yeah. I didn't like the design of most of the CG characters. Like, I hated the way Lumiere looked. Yeah. Cogsworth didn't even have a face. Really. He does. Does he? He does have a face. His eyes are like the keyholes when you're oh. going to wind. Okay, because I was like, look at, I was like, I like saw clips and stuff, and it just looked like he was just a walking clock. Yeah, they did this weird thing with the feather duster where she, the top half of the of the feather duster looked like a bird and flew around. Like huh. a bird, it was weird. Uh, they did add this kind of neat um, twist where every time uh, the petal fall- fell from the rose, and uh, they got closer to like no longer being able to be turned turned back into human, the um, all of the objects became more object like. That's kind of cool. And That's the deal was idea. when the f- rose totally wilts, all of the um, things just turn into inanimate objects, and the beast is left completely alone by himself. And that's kind of a neat. Yeah, it turns. That's rough. It, yeah, it turns up the stakes a little bit. A little bit. I mean, it's it's still a movie about Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> a little bit. But yeah. just go and watch the animated movie. It's better. <laughs> it's been years since I've seen it anyway. It, it's better. Well, it's the exact same thing, but shorter and better. I don't know. That's a good line. I should use that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
But no, other than that, it's really just been Zelda, and you know what? I don't want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've done enough of we, that. We've done so. two episodes of nothing but Zelda talk. So, yeah. So, uh, well, let's see here. I've been watching a lot of cartoons. Okay. Uh, Always I, good. I caught up on Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Okay. Because I kind of forgot with all their weird hiatus schedules uh, that it actually had come back and actually finished the season out. <laughs> it's good. Still very good. They, they, they did do a, sympathetic villains really well on that show. Yeah, they did. Like, at one point you meet Ludo's family and you kind oh, of wow. feel a little bit. Ooh. Yeah. They did a lot of world building on the Muni side of things. Like, you actually find out a lot of stuff about, like, Star's mom. But just a lot of world building and, like, how like insane Ludo basically is at this point. And there's like a lot of episodes where they flip flop between like a star storyline and like a, like a Ludo Muni storyline, like what's going on in the, in the, the other realms outside of earth and eating tacos and using magic. (laughs) There was, I watched, we watched like a couple of them in a row and they were like, none of them were had even had star in them. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's definitely, there's like one where it's just Ludo. That one's a really good one. Ludo in the Wild. Yeah. That's a very good episode. I like the one where uh, Marco borrows the dimensional scissors and then loses them to Hekapu. Oh, yeah. And then has to get his own pair. Yeah. And it, he, it takes him like... 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. And he, he grows into a, a grizzled, muscular adult Marco. Yeah, like Road Warrior Marco. Yeah. And then later it all reverts back, but he still has all the memories of of everything he went through. <laughs> yeah, because time works differently in Hekapu's dimension or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing where they built like this whole magical council of otherworldly beings that kind of in charge of all magic. And Glosser is apparently the most powerful one. Glosser being the guy who lives inside Star's spellbook. That's voiced by Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man... It was a weird character, but no, it's a, it was very good. They kind of confirmed a lot of things in the season that probably people. Yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not doing any spoilers, but it was like things like things that like oh, okay, well I kind of figured that would happen. I but, d- I don't want Star and Marco to get together, and it looks like that's what the show wants to happen. I won't tell you. Okay, um, don't, but I don't want that. I don't. Why can't there be a show about a boy and a girl where they are just friends? You know. It's probably Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Where she gets her inspiration. Yeah. That was really good. I was, I thought maybe, like, it was weird because I thought maybe the series had ended, but apparently they picked up for a third and fourth season. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Yeah. Third and fourth. Yeah. Really got to drag that story out, I guess. They're not, they're not Gravity Falls in this one. Oh, man. It's such a good show. But I think it ended on a good note. On that one, not, not didn't drag it out like Adventure Time yeah. did. Oh yeah, actually, I've heard Adventure Time's gotten really good. Oh. I haven't watched it. Oh but I've yeah, heard it's gotten really um, good. I, I haven't watched it since the uh, the Islands miniseries stopped. That was really really good. Like going out and finding where all the humans went after they left whatever continent Ooh is supposed to be, or the where the can- Candy Kingdom and everything is. Anyway, that was really really good. Meet Finn's mom. Super <laughs> cool. I oh. heard. I've heard Steven Universe is kind of going downhill. Um, I have no evidence to back this up. I haven't watched it myself. Blasphemy. Yeah. No, I, no it's just been, I don't know, between, they can't decide if they want to do Steven Bombs or weekly episodes. It's 
I mean, it's still good. I wish they would do more, like, you know, figure out what they're doing. Because after they did this last Steven bomb with Greg getting kidnapped and going to space, that was really good. Yeah, uh, I want that spinoff, Space Greg. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Mr. Universe explores the universe. <laughs> I would watch the crap out of that. Yeah, oh yeah. Watch the second episode of Samurai Jack, or, well, the second episode of the fifth season of Samurai Jack. Does it continue to be good? Oh, yeah. It's very good, and definitely you get the tone of this season real quick. Mm. Oh, and you see Aku. Hey, finally. Yep, he's voiced by the the understudy of... Um, Mako? Mako, yeah. Yeah, I figured. I the figured the, the, the same guy who did Iro, uh, Uncle Iroh's voice mm-hmm. for the later seasons of Avatar after he had passed away. I imagine it's probably a little bit closer, just because, just by virtue of having years extra to practice. Yeah, I mean, it still doesn't quite sound the it's same. It's not going to. I know, and I know that, but it's it's nice that it's close. Yeah. And not, you know, just rehashing old um, audio. Yeah, that, or, would get, or, that would get weird at, at a point. Or if they say, over the years, I've had, you know, my my voice box has changed over these, you know, hundreds years. of years or 50 years. <laughs> I've had, I sound like this now. I've had, it's George Takei. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Are you doing George Takei? Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm Aku. <laughs> my name is Aku. Samurai Jack. Oh, my. <laughs> you, sir. But, uh, oh, man, could you imagine if they would have got um, the guy who played Lopan? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, God, James Hong. Yeah. <laughs> As a coup. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Burton. Yes, Mr. Burton. <laughs> That's a nice knife, Samurai Jack. Oh, man, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Big uh, Trouble in Little China. Have uh, you seen? Yeah, I've seen that. Okay, good. Okay, good. good. Okay. That is a great movie. Yes, it is. I will watch it anytime it's on. Just about. No, sorry. No, go ahead. Go for it. Did you know that it was uh, originally written as a sequel to Buckaroo Banzai? Yes. But yeah. I think we've, we've we've had this discussion. We've, had, we've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, Lopan was supposed to be the leader of the World Crime League, which was teased at the end of Buckaroo Banzai and, um, across the 8th Dimension. That is another weird movie, too. Oh, it's a great movie. So many big actors, but like back when they were like young and st- kind of starting out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, back to Samurai Jack. Sure. Tangent. Back to the Jack. Yeah. Back to the past. <laughs> Samurai Jack. Does uh, it have the same theme song? N- no, he actually is kind of just monologuing it. Oh. But like in a really dour, kind of downplayed way. Sure. Uh. Oh man, th- this hip. This episode hits all kinds of weird, crazy, awesome notes. Like. You kind of see a little bit of like Jack's descent into madness because mm. in the 50 years of being trapped in the future, he's gone insane. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because he can't age. He's broken because there's no way to get home because Aku has destroyed all the time portals to get home, mm-hmm. uh, which you don't see, but it's mentioned. Aku doesn't care anymore about Jack. Mm-hmm. Because, like, at one point, his scientist like, hey, look, check out this new giant killer robot we've designed to kill Samurai Jack. He goes, do whatever you want. I don't care. Jack's not a threat. Boo. Yeah. And kind of kind of played on the fact that, like, Aku is kind of bored with life now. Hmm. What if, and I this I just had this idea, and I'm there's probably a million plot holes in it, and it won't happen. But what if the end of the series is Jack defeats Aku, 
gains his uh, his powers to go back in time and acts because he's gone insane accidentally becomes Aku. It starts a cycle where he battles young Jack in the past, flips it around, and it becomes an ev- a never-ending cycle of Jack and Aku are the same person. That'd be nuts. Yeah. I kind of like the idea, though. <laughs> no, Jack, you are the Aku. <laughs> no, I, I, I really kind of like that idea. Like, Aku is just old wizard Jack who's gone nuts. But yeah, uh, yeah, this Jack is... He's yeah, he's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he's like talking to himself, like, uh, like he's looking at like almost like a ghost Jedi version of his younger self. Oh, that's cool. And his younger self is basically talking about how like you know you can't get out of this situation. What are you gonna do? You might as well just you know give up. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack and current present Jack is like. I'll make it out. I always do. It, it's always bad at first, but I always make it out. They're just they're just nuts and bolts. Just nuts and bolts. Wow. Yeah, because basically all he's fought for years have been robots and robot people. Right. Yeah. And that's when we get to the big part of the episode. Okay. Well, don't don't spoil it. Cause... No, but it's <laughs> it's good. It's a little shocking. Man, I need I to watch. I need I need to watch. This. Yeah, I need to I need to watch it as well. For yeah. Sure. Get on that. Get yeah. on that. Get on that Jack train because it's. <laughs> How much of the original series do you have to have seen to enjoy these, you think? None. You just basically need to know the kind of general story. Okay. So five minutes on the Wikipedia page oh, will definitely. Yeah. We'll get you there. Okay, cool. Or just, you know, watch the opening sequence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here. And when we get back, we'll get in some news. Yeah.
we're back. That was Johnny B. Good by Chuck Berry. Uh, we played that because he passed away over the last week. A really kind of a um, one of the forefathers of modern rock and roll. Yeah, basically created rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is embarrassing, but I thought he was dead already. I did too. Yeah. To be completely He's honest. 90s. I, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but no, it's it's a shame. Uh, yeah, it really is. I mean, I totally did think he was already dead. <laughs> the most exposure I have to it is Back to the Future. Well, sure, yeah. These days, I think that's the most exposure anyone's had <laughs> to it. But anyway, let's get into some uh, some news. First, right off the list is um, talk about some DC comic movie news. Um, I guess. I guess kind of. <laughs> they've. Uh, They've announced that there's going to be a Green Lantern Corps movie. It's been on the on the list of stuff for quite a while. We've had like no information about it. Zero yeah. information. Well, it's one of those like 2019 something like that. Like, yeah. 2022. Yeah. Uh but lately um there have been hints that they're going to start looking for an actor to play Hal Jordan who is the original um Silver Age Green Lantern. The main one, the one that people, the, no. the one yeah. that, that people re, who read comics will will recognize. Not, not the original, original. Yeah, he's not Alan one. Scott. No, he's but... not Alan Scott. No, no, no. But though the the teases from uh, from the way it looks have been coming from Hem- Henry Cavill, the guy who plays Superman, of all places. He's been putting up on his Instagram things about you know searching for Hal and yeah, yeah, all this other dumb Which, stuff. Which you know, it's fine and dandy and all, but. They really missed on a chance to get like you know maybe a person of color and get John Stewart. Yeah, the, the the second Green Lantern. Not not the host, former host of the Daily Show. No 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 no, <laughs> no the architect. Yeah Army no veteran. I, yeah I know you're talking. I about. know I know. Yeah uh yeah it's it's an interesting choice to go with Hal Jordan. I mean certainly there are people who would say well he's the most recognizable. I would argue that because uh, John Stewart was the Green Lantern they used for Justice League the animated series. So uh, I would say more people would recognize that character. From oh, there. yeah. Um, also, it would be a, a good chance for diversity without having to change, make any changes to characters. Yeah, because that always makes people mad. It makes people mad. So when you have the opportunity to have uh, a, minor- a minority character already baked into comic lore, why not use them? Yeah, why do we need another a <laughs> white guy? White dude. Yeah, 30-something white dude on the Justice League. Because Aquaman, Batman, Superman, The Flash. <laughs> Who's younger than everyone. Who's younger, but still, it yeah. still kind of fits that. Yeah, the only person, it, the only people of color on that cast is... Cyborg. Cyborg, and arguably Gail Gadot, because she's Israeli. Right. So, four out of the six are are 30-something white dudes. Yeah. You Definitely. could at least get a 30-something black dude in there. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or like we said off, like I said off mic, get Kyle Rayner. One, he's uh, half Irish, half uh, Latino. And two, he is a freelance artist. Um, when he's not a Green Lantern, his constructs always lend to more like big, cartoony, like oh yeah, actual, actually interesting looking things that aren't just you know protective domes and lasers and a boxing glove every now and again. Yeah, <laughs> because that's one thing with Hal Jordan. He's in the comics. He might be the best Green Lantern but he is certainly the least creative of all of them. Oh, yeah. Like, it's always just force fields and laser beams. I think writers sometimes forget that you can do things with the Green Lantern power. Oh, yeah. You can create anything, and you're going to make 
a gun. Yeah, that's the worst. Is yeah. A gun. Yeah. At Look least, at my at green least gun. In the awful movie when he made a fighter jet, it made sense because he's a pilot. Yeah. That's that kind of stuff made sense. There was a scene in the in the um Ryan Reynolds movie where he made a, a race car that went down like a giant Hot Wheels oh, track. Oh yeah, with the uh, the helicopter scene. Yeah, that kind of made sense because the scene before he was playing with his nephew yeah. with Hot Wheels, so that kind of made sense. Yeah, it's a great way to get a peek into the character's mind by what they make with their powers. Yeah, but Hal Jordan in the comics, it's is boring. Force, force fields and laser beams. That's it. At least with um, John Stewart, he may he's a um, construction did a architect. construction he's an architect so he would like you could look at his constructs and see like how everything is oh yeah he was built. He's always very meticulous in his constructs mm-hmm. and there's like form and solidity yeah to it. there's there's actually a two-page spread in the green lantern rebirth comic yeah, I, I was just thinking of that one where where uh hal jordan is going through and kind of describing like what makes each of their constructs different mm-hmm. like uh guy gardner the one that's always angry they have the the redheaded bar owner. Yeah, yeah. He said they always say that his ring is sparking, like even when it's off, because he's just barely containing it. And <laughs> the, the thing is, there's something like when he uses his power, there's a construct in there, but there's just like so much energy around it that you usually can't see it. <laughs> but there's something in there, and that Kyle Rayner is constantly it constantly looks like it's being drawn and then erased and drawn a little better, and which would translate really super well to film i yeah. think yeah that would be a it really look, cool it would be very interest uh, visually interesting yeah and that's what these movies need because everything is dark and grim and serious yeah well <laughs> makes sense hal jordan dark and grim and serious <laughs> all you do is make laser beams and force fields well that's the thing though because like how in the comics yeah he's kind of boring contract wise but he's always kind of a snarky like smart aleck too do you really think that no, Warner Brothers won't. is going to no. let that part translate no. <laughs> into his film? No, they won't. Also, you've already got the Flash to be snarky. But again, the Flash of the movies, I don't see as being a snarkster. No. If they ever get that movie going. Even in Justice League, <laughs> he just doesn't he doesn't look like he's going to be the quippy guy. No. He's just the quick guy. Yeah. Man. I really want them to do justice to Green Lantern, mostly because it's really close to my heart. Yeah, same here. I just know they won't. Well, sure, oh, and and it, and it hurts. And I know this comes off as us bashing DC and Warner Brothers again. It's something we've done a million times. I'm surprised we don't get hate mail about it. I'm really surprised about that too. <laughs> but I think it's because we love, at least in my case, it's because I love these characters so much. I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. I've said that before. I love these characters so much that I kind of hold them up to a higher standard. They could be, do- I know they could be doing more with these characters and that's what frustrates me. I think it's what it is to me too. Is like, you know, they can do better, but they don't. And so it hurts. They can tell great stories with these characters. Oh, it yeah. has been done. It has been done for almost a hundred years. hundred years. It can be done. And they actively choose to not make interesting stories. Yeah. It's just it's, plain and simple. Yeah. And, that, that's, and that's the frustrating part of it. Yeah. I would love for the DC movies to be great so that Marvel would get out of their rut. Yeah. It would because, put pressure on them. Yeah. To... Right now, Marvel has no competition. So they, they're totally cool with being okay. Whereas if, if these 
DC, if Justice League and everything were spectacular, it would make Marvel um, we, go, we should try something different. Yeah. yeah. Kind of up it, our it, game. Yeah. A, 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 a movie arms race, if you will. Yeah. And the viewer would win. In oh, that, yeah. Because we doubt. would get fantastic superhero movies all the time. Yeah. And not maybe once a year with a couple okay ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of superhero movies, let's go ahead and knock this one out. Uh, so, you know, Spider-Man is going to be in the Marvel movies. Yes. Um, but he is jointly owned by Sony, or at least his film rights are yes. jointly owned by by Sony. But Sony is crossing the, the streams. The streams with Marvel Studios. So they also own Ghostbusters. Well, yeah, they own Ghostbusters, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in order to have, I don't know, to fight, to have a competition with their own film? Yeah, to undermine their own, the good Spider-Man movies, the good-looking Spider-Man movie that's coming out. Yeah, they're making a movie based off of the Spider-Man character Venom without having any mention of Spider-Man. In his backstory or character, yeah, no, no relation to the Spider Spider Man Homecoming or the MCU at all. Yeah, which for the folks at home who aren't aware, Venom is like evil Spider Man. It's evil yeah. Spider Man, and there's you can't or at t- least neutral Spider Man. How can you tell a Venom story without Spider Man? Where the first couple years of the characters. Being is like directly was, tied. Was Spider-Man's yeah. costume was yeah. Spider-Man. He's a alien symbiote. If you ever seen pictures of the Spider-Man in the black costume, that's Venom. It was an alien that kind of latched itself to Peter Parker and, and eventually went nuts and latched itself onto Eddie Brock. Peter's cr- Peter's rival at the newspaper. Yeah, but it just how could you how could you tell a story? Like that. And why would you want to undermine the other movie with... It doesn't make sense. Yeah. This is a movie that doesn't make sense. It makes about as much sense as the Aunt May spy movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also the uh, Sinister Six movie that they wanted to try to pump through. Again, how do you make a Sinister Six movie about Spider-Man villains without Spider-Man being mentioned at all? It doesn't make sense. Man, I got excited like when Amazing Spider-Man 2 had that one scene and you get to see the representations of the Sinister Six Mm -hmm. and we never got it. Yeah. Like, I love the Venom character. I always have. He's always one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite Marvel characters. He's very 90s. He's, oh yeah. He's super 90s. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's like a big black blob with teeth. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty 90s. Yeah. Uh I mean, the only thing he was missing would be pouches. Pouches. (laughs) Pouches and maybe one eye having like no iris in it maybe glowing hi rob liefeld <laughs> yeah send a cable telegram on that one uh, that was a weak oh, joke that was a weak joke I know. oh no <laughs> but no I, this one makes me mad too because i love i love venom and i've been a semi-regular venom reader over the years i haven't read every every series that comes out mm-hmm. but a lot of them and it's you cannot have venom without spider-man you literally cannot. You can't have an origin movie, which is what they would have to do without Spider-Man. <laughs> they can't Unless do... they're just going to have the symbiote itself floating through space. It's almost like they have a symbiotic relationship. Almost. You would... Yeah. <laughs> huh. Funny you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, Stupid. Win a gold star for that one, Cody. Good job. <laughs> Great job. 
Oh, anyway, hey, let's go ahead and finish up these movie superhero things. Uh, I guess Wonder Woman has a um, a rating. It's PG thirteen. Ooh, surprise! surprise. Yeah, no big surprise. Yeah, for vi- for um, uh, violence and situations, I guess. Yeah. Situations. Situations. <laughs> they go to kiss. <laughs> smooch situations. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder smooch with Captain uh, Kirk. <laughs> they're not. They're not going for the hard R. <laughs> <laughs> So we're not getting accurate des- uh, depictions of Amazons in yeah. this. Yeah, they're going to wear tops. They're going to wear tops, <laughs> and they're going to have both their, their boobs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's a history lesson there, but we don't have time for we that. We don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, so moving on. Hey, did you hear Robert Downey Jr. is going to be the doctor? Did you hear mm. about that? I'm not falling for this trap. <laughs> Aw. The doctor... He's going to take a step into not the TARDIS. No. To, it's some do little. Step in some do. He's stepping a TARDIS. Little. Yeah, he's going to... Uh, yeah, they've they've tapped Robert Downey Jr. to play um, Dr. Doolittle in a uh, reboot oh, movie. Oh, boy. A movie that no one asked for. Yeah. It makes... Is it going to be a kid's movie or a family film? Because the last time Robert Downey Jr. did a family film, it was like the Shaggy Dog. <laughs> where he was the evil attorney that got the curse of the shaggy dog from Tim Allen at the end. Why does Tim Allen always get cursed? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there there for a while it was uh, uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, it was Michael Keaton for a while. Yeah. Some, some actors are just curse magnets, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many times has Tim Allen been cursed? He's gotten the Santa Claus. He's been the, the Santa Claus. Yeah. He's he's been shaggy, shaggy dogged. Uh, there's got to be one more where he's like become something. What happens in jungle to jungle? Does oh, he become his, a jungle? It was his son raised by a tribe in the jungle. Oh, yeah. okay. So no curse there. No, well, no. I mean, parenthood perhaps <laughs> it's, it's a, <laughs> curse. It's, it's a form to. of curse, <laughs> depending on who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's one where he was uh, uh, possessed by that biker ghost. And I'm talking about wild hogs. <laughs> I've seen parts of that movie. You are wrong, sir. I have seen that entire movie. I'm sorry. And it it has its moments. Uh, William H Macy has is kind of funny in it. Oh yeah, but he's all William of, H Macy. It kind of balances itself out because William H Macy is kind of good in it. Tim Allen is neutral, and John Travolta kind of is the is antithes- an- antithesis of William H Macy. <laughs> <laughs> where it balances out you have the, whole the good and the bad to just eh. the good bad and the ugly yeah with uh, overage actors on uh, motorcycles oh and Martin Lawrence is there too oh yeah I forgot about that <laughs> everyone does <laughs> oh there's gotta be another Tim Allen curse movie there's gotta be <laughs> well there's three Santa Claus movies yeah so I mean. he's been cursed at least four times <laughs> anyway um, Tim what Allen do- is the mummy <laughs> Tim the tool man tootin' common. Well, that's what he gets for wanting more power. Yeah. Uh, uh, his hubris. Tomb, tomb time. <laughs> anyway, what do we think about a, a Dr. Doolittle reboot movie starring Robert Downey Jr.? Does Meh. Yeah, like Not I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Do, do people even care about that character anymore? See, that's just it. Yeah, I don't think people care. People didn't really care when, when Eddie Murphy did Eddie it. Eddie Murphy did it, you know, Twice. 10, 15 yeah. years ago. 
Nobody wants Downey Doolittle. <laughs> Apparently, Robert Downey Jr. does. He wants to get paid for it. I, I guess. Which you'd think he would have more money than he'd know what to do with. At this point, At yeah. this point, he Yeah, is... he's been Sherlock Holmes. He's been Tony Stark. He was in that crappy Tropic Thunder movie. Yeah. He gets all those residual texts from back to school, which I'm sure gets played on Comedy Central constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Back hmm. to school. You've, have you ever seen that movie? That's the one with Rodney Dangerfield. That's the one with Rodney right? Dangerfield where they go. Right. And Oingo Boingo's in it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I do remember that movie. It ends with uh, Robert or uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield doing the triple Lindy yeah. in, a, in a dive contest. Yeah. Why do I know this movie? <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good movie. I don't like Rodney Dangerfield. I've never cared for him. I'd rather watch Rover Dangerfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be a movie about Rodney Dangerfield as a dog, basically. Caddyshack was all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah. Or when he <laughs> plays uh, the devil's dad in Little Nicky. Never cared for Little Nicky. I like Little Nicky. I never cared for that one. I liked it when I saw it as a, you know, a teen. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd like it now. <laughs> I just, it just never clicked with me for whatever reason. All I ah, remember. another Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> uh, All I remember terrible. is that guy had boobs on his head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that too. <laughs> and Popeye's chicken's not freaking awesome. There, I, we the can't only thing. say I, that word. Yeah. God, that's <laughs> America. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the one thing that I remember from Little Nicky that I liked um, was they were doing that uh, Animal House style, like, where's everyone at at the end of the movie with, like, the text scroll. Oh, yeah, yeah, And it yeah. got to Renee, uh, not Renee Zellweger, um, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's character, and they said that she was dating her new angelic fitness instructor, dot, 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 Chris Farley. And I was <laughs> because it was pretty close to after he passed. Yeah. yeah. And I always yeah. thought that was kind of neat that they kind of stuck – Snuck that one in there. Same thing yeah. with 51st Dates. The um, head trauma place that uh, Drew Barrymore goes to is the Thomas Monahan Jr. Oh. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's his character from Tommy Boy because he constantly got hit in the head. Little stuff like that I like, but the movies on the whole, you know. Boy, this is a tangent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move into some game news. Uh, so they're doing a Pokemon game for Switch? Supposedly, uh, Game Freak could put up... Uh, open job openings for switch related positions so they're working on something for the switch that's awesome that one could assume is pokemon but i guess it might be tumbo really. the badass elephant yeah you, you don't really know because game freak does make other games people tend to believe forget. it or not yeah there's more than just pokemon drill dozer too yeah there you go uh pulse man yeah i was gonna say pulse man <laughs> yoshi a sequel to Yoshi, the puzzle game. They made that one. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, this is good. This is good news. The Switch needs more stuff, and Pokemon would help. Yeah. Oh man, Pokemon would would really surge the sales of that one. Yeah. yeah. Although sales have been good. Sale. Yeah, they've sold 1.5 million Switches. Yeah, like I think one of their yeah. one of their best system launches. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I don't see this being a mainline Pokemon game right out of the gate. Like Man. so close to Sun and Moon, I I can't I can't see it. What about a port though of Sun and Moon? I mean, the Pokedex in that game looks like the Switch. <laughs> it it does, yeah. Um, I would prefer them to do a, just a full on new game instead of doing a port of Sun and Moon. If, they'll, they'll do a crappy stadium game. 
They'll do a stadium <laughs> game. Although, you know, Sun and Moon is basically stadium these days. That's true. The The big draw of stadium is to see your Pokemon in 3D, and yeah, they already are they now. They already are. So. Yeah, I, I, I can see, like, a, uh, a Mystery Dungeon game Ugh. or a, a pinball, Pokemon pinball. I'd be okay with Pokemon pinball, <laughs> especially with the HD, pinball with the HD Oh, Rumble. that would actually be pretty cool. It would be cool. Oh, that yeah. would be super cool, filling the, fill the bumper things. Yeah, that Ooh. would be pretty neat. That'd be fun to play. Mm-hmm. What other Pokemon games have they done? <sighs> Pokemon Dash. Not... Yeah, that there we was go. The thing. Yeah. Pokemon Puzzle League. I'd be, I'd be okay with that too, actually. I like Panel Day Pawn is the puzzle game and those are based on. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mystery Dungeon's the only real, like really other like Pokemon the main, title. The main line kinda. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care for those. They, yeah, neither do They're I. They're not great. No. The, the thing I like about Mystery Dungeon type games is finding the cool loot, like the mm-hmm. new cool sword. You don't have that with Pokemon. Yeah, you can't have Pokemon holding the sword. Yeah. Except for the one that is an actual sword. Yeah. Yep. Go steal. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, more Switch news. They're doing the Splatoon test fire this weekend. Yes. And that's really cool. That means uh, we can kind of try out and the see, new Splatoon. Yeah. Yeah. See how how well their servers hold up. Yeah. That's yeah, really definitely. what I'm interested in. Yeah. Seeing. With their new pay for online service, can they bring a decent server to the equation? <laughs> They're gonna have to. Yeah. If they want to make any kind of money on this thing, they're gonna have to. Well, plus you know we really don't have the pay for uh, servers yet. It yet. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's not coming till what spring or summer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when Splatoon comes out. But but this yeah. is the infrastructure it's going to run on is whatever Splatoon's going to be on, I imagine. Yeah, I'm I'm just interested to see how well it runs. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially the the fact that they got rid of the uh, the thing where you could draw and other people could see it and the map. Meverse. Meverse. Thank you. Meverse. Yeah. Thank you. That's a shame they're kind of phasing that out. Yeah. I mean, the only, <laughs> Splatoon was the only place where it was of any value. Well, true. Or Smash Brothers. Well, the, yeah. The Miiverse Smash Brothers level was neat, but mm-hmm. other than that, it was a, just a weird message board for weirdos. <laughs> Squidwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lot, yeah, there were a lot of Squidwards. Well, there? for Splatoon, it should yeah. be. Yeah, true. By weirdos, I mean weird kids. <laughs> it's mostly just little kids. Yeah. Or <laughs> Japanese people who are really good at doodling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more Switch stuff. Bloodstained. Bloodstained. The Kickstarter by, uh, the Castlevania guy. Something Igigashi. Yeah, something like that. Koji. I think it's Koji Igigashi. Yeah. Um, it was going to have a Wii U version. Not anymore. They're changing it to the Switch, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if you don't have a Switch and you only had a Wii U, that might take you off a little. I would imagine. <laughs> but I, th- I think they're... Op- what did he say? They're going to open up like uh, their backer rewards thing again. So if you want to choose a different version, I think they're doing a PC port of it as well. Yeah. So if you have a Wii U and you're dead set against buying the Switch, you can play this game. You're not going to just be out your backer money. It's probably for the best, though. I mean, yeah. I bet the Wii U version would have to be pared down a little oh, bit. Oh, sure. Yeah. And now it won't. <laughs> yeah. And now they won't have to design a version that has that utilizes the bottom screen. Yeah. Which will... Save them on work. It would be way easier for them to just build a game that plays like every other system instead of having to build a game that utilizes the second screen and then backwards try to jerry-rig it to work with the Switch later down later on down the line. Yeah. It makes sense. It'll end up with a with a better game in the end. It'll, it'll be worth it, trust me. <laughs> Absolutely. And finally, um, we ran this article, this news bit, uh, year, God, it must have been about a year ago. 
Um, Maybe longer. Yeah. There was a uh, Power Ranger from uh, Wild Force, I believe. Oh, I forget what his name was. Medina, I think his last name. Yeah. Something like that. Medea. Yeah. Tyler Perry's Medea. Yeah. Yeah. It's more for tying up in her. <laughs> it's more for time in her. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's more for time. <laughs> Either way. Murph in time. <laughs> You slap happy gentleman. Anyway, anyway, um, I'm very tired. Yeah. Anyway, they uh, we ran an, uh, a news bit that he was arrested for uh, stabbing his uh, roommate uh, to death with a with a sword. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It was at the time it was um, listed as self defense that his roommate was off his rocker and, and attacked him. Attacked him and his girlfriend, and that he did it in self defense. Um, he was, uh, formally charged with, uh, um, was like second degree manslaughter. He, yep. he, uh, um, uh, pled guilty to the murder. Yeah. It, it turns out he did just, he kill did a, just, just kill a guy with a, sword. with a sword. Um, so go, go power Rangers. Yeah. Perfect timing. Really? <laughs> yeah. If you think about it. <laughs> yeah. So Way I, you go. I think he, what he got like, uh, he didn't get a full life sentence or he didn't get anything like that because he pled out. And yeah. I think there were some extenuating circumstances, but it's like it's he's not showing up to conventions anytime soon. Yeah. No, he's it, going to Morphin Jail. Morphin Jail. Yeah, he's going to the space dumpster. the The power did not protect him. So yeah. So I guess we just wanted to kind of follow that one up. I, I, you know, it's Power Rangers. It's news. We should probably mention movie, it. The movie comes out this week. Yeah, I can't wait until next week when we can all talk about this movie and will or we will not eat our hats. I'm. Getting a little concerned that I might have to apologize for being wrong on air. Oh, no. I'm not going to apologize. It still looks like crap. (laughs) Well, anyway, let's go ahead and wrap things up here. You've been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can also find us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash nerdoverloadradio. You can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com. You can tweet at us at nerd underscore overload and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Overload TV. Yep, that's right. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher, so go check us out over there. And uh, thank you again for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Pizza out. Almost <laughs> forgot.